again. Check it, direct it, let's begin. Party on, party people, let me hear some noise. ECs in the house, jump, jump, rejoice. There's a party over here, a party over there. Wave your hands in the air, shake a dairy, yeah. See three words when you're getting busy. Go, that is Hitman. Welcome back to another episode of The Root of Our House, and this is a special one, ladies and gentlemen, if you are listening. Uh, this is definitely a special one with a special guest, DC Glenn. I'm super excited, and hopefully you are as well. DC Glenn. Now, do I need to introduce? Um, I will, but I'm sure you all know who DC Glenn is. He is the other half of the duo tag team. You may have heard the hit song, Won't There It Is, that you just heard. Back in the 90s, only to come back as Scoop There It Is on the recent Geico commercial. But that is not all. He is an actor, a voiceover actor, an entertainer. And when you get to know him in this episode, you will find out he is so, so much more than all that. Now, in this episode, we talk about how 2020 was the best year in his life, his tenacity, perseverance, and innovation, his motto, learn how to learn, and how thinking different opens up so many doors, how his nickname, DC the Brain Supreme, came about, how he learned to love work, how tag teams started, and the inspiration behind Won't There It Is. We talk about having no regrets in life. Also, how he made himself invaluable. What are the keys to his success? What is balance in his life? We also talk about what gets him up in the morning and the mindset needed for a successful morning. How good nutrition and fitness helps him thrive. And his get it done with no excuses thinking. And so, so, so much more. Guys, this is one for the books. And I guarantee you, you will be inspired after listening to this. So please share this episode with everyone you know that can use a little inspiration and some laughs in their life. If you haven't already, please subscribe and also leave a review on this episode what your takeaways were, because I'm sure you will have a lot of them. This was such a great inspiration conversation, um, and it was just, you know, great guy, you know, down to earth and everything, and I just can't wait to share this episode So without further ado, here is my conversation with D.C. Glenn. (laughs) And we are live. Welcome. Thank you for joining the podcast, D.C. Mm -hmm. Um, It is great for you to to be on here. I am glad to be here. Awesome. Awesome. Well, uh, so I love to start every episode with a rapid fire question. So these are five questions for my audience, just to get to know you a little bit better if they haven't know, if they don't know you already. Um, but these are kind of interesting questions. So first off is where, um, where did you grow up? I was born in Chicago, Illinois, moved to Denver, Colorado when I was four years old and had a wonderful childhood. I mean, nice. just full of fun, playing, riding bikes, and a lot of work. My parents basically had, uh, they, they worked us like dogs, me and my little brother. But I appreciate that because I don't fear work. And there's nothing that I won't do, right? And I just, I'm, I'm a very tenacious person, and not too many people are going to outwork me. So I'm grateful for my childhood. Nice. And we're going to touch on that tenacity um, in a bit, but let's keep things rolling. And just so you know, I'm from Chicago as well. So another Chi-Town gal. Yeah. Um, So where do you live now then? I'm in Atlanta, Georgia. Been here since 1989. And I am not going anywhere. (laughs) (laughs) You're staying. That's nice. Deep roots in this city. So I'm here. Good, good. 
And now, who are your two top mentors? It's hard to say. Really is hard to say. Uh, one of my mentors, my two top mentors, huh? Mm-hmm. Actually, one is uh, a gentleman named, he's my uh, VO coach, Rudy Gaskin. He's a mentor. Uh, he's the president of Sovas, S-O-V-A-S. Then um, who else? Hmm. Hard to say right now. He's 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 the one that's uh, guiding things for me um, <laughs> as far as voiceover. And he's been very instrumental in my growth. So I appreciate that. And then as far as mentorship, I find that I'm mentoring more people than I can handle. And I've never thought about who mentors me, right? Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, my father was a mentor, but he passed. And that, you know, he's still with me. And a lot of the sayings that I took for granted when he was alive, they make so much sense now, right? Mm-hmm. And who else? You know, I've had mentors throughout, you know, my early years, I had a lot of mentors because we lived up, in, we lived in a community, right? And you know, grew up in the church and grew up, like I said, I had a wonderful childhood and I had a lot of people teach me a lot of things. But right now, right now I'm just grinding. And, you know, I think that once we get to talking about what makes me tick, you'll see why my vision is my mentor, right? My vision is just bananas and it keeps me going. And it's what helps me wake up at four in the morning and just grind, right? So beautiful. We'll talk hey, about that's, it. Well, yeah, we will. And that's probably one of the best mentors, if not the best mm-hmm. mentor, right? Yeah. Right. So the second, the next question is, um, what are you most passionate about? Everything. Mm-hmm. Life. Especially at this phase of my life. Because, you know, because of the pandemic, it forced me to reinvent myself. That reinvention has been one of the most extraordinary things that I've ever witnessed in my life. And I am, I, I can't even, it leaves me speechless, you know, but I'm telling you, the pandemic changed my life. Nice. Mm-hmm. Nice. Did it, did it kind of, slow things down or speed things up how did how did it change okay so for, for me right because i lost people you know there's two sides of this right there's, yeah. there's the, the side where you get hit in the mouth right and you know we had everybody stopped at the same time and you had to come to the realization that we we're all in the serengeti yeah. together right yeah. and what are you going to be? Are you going to be predator? Are you going to be prey? Are you going to move forward? Are you going to move backwards? Are you going to stay stuck? What are you going to do? And you're asking yourself all these questions. And I went through a row of questions. What are you going to do? Can't do shows. Can't do this. Can't do that. But I can do this. And I concentrated on voiceover and I went back and I reinvented myself. And I had to go back. I've been doing, you know, I've been training for voiceover for 10 years and I went back and listen to the first class I took and it was just gut wrenching. Right? <laughs> I had to listen to my 10 year ago self. Right. And I was just humiliated. I was embarrassed. I was all of these, these um, just brutal emotions and they were just manifested in me. And I had started voiceover 2009 and it was just really difficult. And Back then, I realized I thought I could just whoop there it is my way through anything, right? Yeah. And that was one of the things that I couldn't. And it was very, very difficult, but I did not give up. And, you know, when I went back in the pandemic, I looked at the first script I did and I said, wait a minute. Okay. Because I thought it was the teachers that were kind of didn't know what they were doing right. That's my hubris, right? And, um, I said, let me do this over because because I didn't quit. Because I'm an actor now, I understood what they were trying to teach me. So it was also inspirational, right? I was like, let me do this first voiceover again. And when I did it, it was angelic because it was the first time I had mastery over my voice. And 
I went through 42 hour sessions, just took notes, categorized them. Um, and it made me so much better that I signed last week, one of the biggest voiceover agencies in the country. And Congratulations. I've been booking like crazy. Right. And, yeah. you know, even back then, I was booking, you know, at a steady clip because I reinvented myself. So that's why it was so critical for that to happen to me. But once that opened up, everything opened up mm-hmm. and shot my first movie, shot my second movie, uh, did a Christmas campaign for um, public supermarkets. Then I booked a, a House, of, House of Pain, Tyler Perry, um, Tyler Perry House of Pain show. And then here comes Geico. Right? <laughs> so 2020 was the best year of my life. And I can honestly say that. I told my brother at the beginning of Geico, I said, this will be bigger than anything I've ever done. He's like, no, nah, man, whoop, there it is. I'm like, nope. I said, this will be the biggest thing that I've ever done. And it's proven to be. Yeah. 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 Nice. Nice. Yeah. yeah. You know, 2020 either hurts or, or um, helps you. And mm-hmm. it obviously helps you. Yeah. So last uh, last question of this supposedly rapid question. Um, what is your superpower? Me. Yes. Put a cape on. Yeah. <laughs> Me, because I don't quit. I play offense. And I don't think about it. I just do it. Nice. You got to have that. And... I'm just as lazy as everybody. <laughs> I'm just, <laughs> just as lazy, probably lazier. But, you know, I do it anyway because it got to be done. And the quicker I get it done, the faster I can get to where I want to be. Right. So, Nobody's going to do it for you. So you got to do it yourself. At all. Yeah. At all. So, nice. You know, if you say superpower, you know, tenacity, tenacity, steadfastness, perseverance, and, you know, innovation. I have a technique called learn how to learn, right? Yeah. It's just not good enough to learn. You have to learn how to learn. Yeah. And when you have tactics that you can learn things that might seem difficult to you if you're just thinking one-dimensional, then your world opens up in ways that just can't even be explained. Like, you're just like, oh, my gosh, all I had to do was think different. All I had to do was do this, and it happens every day. <laughs> it happens for me every day. Yeah. Pretty much every time I do a podcast or an interview, it happens because that's why I do so many of these. Because the more I talk, the more I learn, and the more ideas are just floating around, and those ideas become reality, right? Yeah. And while I'm doing that, hopefully I inspire one or two people just try to be better than they were the day before. Beautiful. Yeah. Were you always this way? Always. Always since like since birth. They call me DC the Brain Supreme yeah. for a reason. I was just gonna <laughs> ask. That was one of my questions. So let's let's do it. So what's the reason? How did you get that nickname? Um, I got that nickname because we were, I think we were like seventeen, eighteen. And we were smoking with a bunch of our friends. We were laughing and having a good time and everything. And uh, one of the older guys, Roy Lee Davis, he was like, just listening to us talk. And he was like, man, DC, start calling you the brain supreme, man, because you just always figuring stuff out. You just always figure it out. I was like, whatever. But then it stuck, right? And it just, that's, that's, that's what it ended up being. And, you know, for me, I think the the pivotal point for me was when I was real young. My parents, like I said, worked us like a dog, you know. But all that work came with reward and consequences. So if we didn't clean up our room, couldn't watch TV that night, they still gave us an allowance, right? Mm-hmm. But they hit us where it really hurt. If you don't go to church, you can't play football on Sunday with your friends, 
right? If you don't cut the grass, well, you're not watching TV tonight, or you can't go here, or you don't get to do that. And a couple of times doing that, testing that, you're not going to do it anymore. And I learned to love work. And when I really learned to love work was uh, one year we had a big, big blizzard. We were the only family in the neighborhood that had a snowblower. And me and my brother did our, you know, uh, walkways in like 20 minutes. And then Mr. Grant was struggling next door. And we went and did his. And then we just did the whole block. Because it was kind of fun. Kids playing in snow, basically. But we got a snowblower, right? So while me and my brother coming home from school all the next week, people would see us coming home from school and call me like, hey, come here. Here's $20. Appreciate you doing my snow. Here's $30. Appreciate you. That was a good job. You did a good job on my driveway, right? And I was like, my parents only give me $5. And I can get 30 Me and my brother made so much money in that day. DC, the brand supreme was born because I'm a hustler. I'm always figuring out ways to make money. And once I realized that hard work equals money, right? Yeah. Where I can I can rake the leaves and I can cut the grass and I can cut the hedges and I can do things for people and get money for it. I've never looked back, and I've always, you know, I've always had four, five, six, seven hustles in the hole, you know, nurturing and figuring them out. Like, okay, if I did like this, I could make money. Is there is there uh, a demand for this? Huh? There's demand for it. Yeah. And then I just always did that, and it just worked out well for me. I, I mean, I still do it to this day. Nice. Yeah. You still do you still mow lot um uh you know mow lawns and do if that I stuff? Had to. <laughs> <laughs> I can just imagine. I can just see that you out if there. I had to. I, hey, snowblower and everything. It's nothing but work. It ain't nothing but work, right? And, right, right, right. You know, it just I can't just I can't get that. You know, I can't reiterate that enough to people that just do the work, man. Don't even think about it. Just do it, and then it's over. Yeah. Simple. Yeah. Nice. Well, you know, let's. I would love to start from the beginning here. So, you know, I I'm, you know, a Gen X woman, and mm-hmm. I jam to "Whoop There It Is" back in the day, and I know all my audience has as well. So, I am really curious. How um how did it start? How did tag team start, and how did this song came about? I mean, me and Steve met in high school, right? And the only reason we really met and became cool is because both our last names start with a G, and we were in homeroom. We sat next to each other, and then Steve yeah. had a band, and they played in the quad during lunchtime sometimes, and I wanted to be in that band, and then I wanted to be in the choir, and then uh, we had our first high school party, and I saw two turntables and a microphone, some of Steve's friends DJ, and I wanted to be a DJ, and all those things happened. And I graduated high school and I continued to nurture myself and all those things. And I started making songs and our band disbanded because we were young and you grow older. Me and Steve uh, were still left standing. And that's how, you know, it used to be tag team crew because it was three of us. Then it was just tag team. Mm -hmm. And then uh, I went to school in California. Steve moved down to the Art Institute to go to Art Institute in Atlanta. And I came down here, had a ball. Once I finished school, moved straight down here. And mind you, I'd been DJing all the frat parties. I've been doing I've been doing very well for myself in California. But I was like, okay, time to grow up. So I've kind of had a job at CNN, but then I ended up working at two clubs in the city because I was a good DJ, right? And fast forward a couple years, I'm making money, having a good time, we're making songs. I get to play my songs in the in the club, but I knew we we're in the southeast. And I knew we had to make bass music. So I went to Steve and said, hey, man, we got to make something up-tempo, something bass. He's like, I can't make that stuff, man, because, you know, I love it, but it's kind of difficult to make because we grew up hip-hop, right? Mm-hmm. You know, this is late 80s, early 90s. So I was like, don't think about it like that. Just think Planet Rock, right? And he was like, bet. He made the beat. I had hundreds of songs that I was trying to match to it, but there was one song I had just started working on called Woomp, There It Is. And everybody thinks that Womp There It Is is this Manhattan project, right? Like, you know, nuclear fission, trigonometry, and whiteboards, and all that, when it's just a song about 
us chasing booty on a Friday night. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It was that simple. Yeah. Get, you know, get drunk, have a fun, being young, right? That's all yeah. it was. And we made the song and had a cassette when we finished. And I went to work that night because I had to work and I played it. And to this day, the biggest, it's the biggest response on any record I've ever had. And, you know, not too long after, we um, had plenty of people, you know, quarters trying to sign us for it, but they were they didn't know what to do with it, all the major labels. And then I almost gave up, but um, I called a guy named Al Bell, and he used to own Stax Records. And Stax Records is one of the three original soul record companies back in the day. You have Philly International, Motown, and then Stax. And he had put out a record before called Daisy Dukes by Deuce, and it went gold. So I knew he knew how to work a bass record. And I called him and he called me back in a week, about a week and a half. And I was like, Mr. Bell, we have a hit record. I don't know how to explain it to you. It's the biggest response on any record I've ever had. I've played it. Everybody loves it. You need to sign us. He's like, okay. I was like, wait a minute. You haven't even heard the record. And he was like, I don't have to hear the record, brother. I hear it in your spirit. I was like, whoa, that's deep. And it was like, let's let's agree to agree and get this thing moving. And, hey, I gave my two weeks at Magic City. It's a club I was at, uh, signed a messed up record deal, and we were platinum in a month and a half. Sweet. Yeah. Love it. Love it. So, you know, to add on to that, you know, it, it, this song obviously is everywhere. It's in all these movies, all these TV shows, everywhere. What does it feel like to have such a hit song? Nothing. Nothing? Right. You just keep going? You're just going to keep grinding, keep, keep I've going? Never been, I've never been a rah-rah dude because I've always been a DJ, right? Okay. So DJ, it, this was nothing new for me as far as popularity or as far as, you know, it was it, it felt great as an accomplishment. But it's, I've never wanted to be a star. I've never wanted to be, well, okay, I, I'm not going to say I've never wanted to be a star, but because I was a DJ and I watched how stars acted and I watched them come in and treat people like crap. And then when their record's not hot anymore, or when they're not in the limelight anymore, I watched those same pe people that they treat like crap revel in their demise and they never come back. And I vowed to never be that person because it just used to just rub me the wrong way. So I've always been just low key. I could care less about being a star. Even now, always, I've always been like this. And I let other people talk about me. You'll never hear me talk about myself. And, you know, to this day, like last week we had a show in Shreveport, Louisiana, and I'm in the middle of this casino and nobody knows who I am, who I, you know, nobody knows me. And it's beautiful because not because they don't recognize me. It's because it's how I carry myself. Right. Mm -hmm. If you carry yourself like a regular person, people, people are not going to run up on you like a star. Right. They might assume, but they're not going to act. They're not going to act like they act. If you act like a star, it's right. a difference. And if somebody comes up to me, I just talk to them. Hey, what's going on? Boom, boom, boom. And keep it moving. Right. So I've always been accessible. I've always been you know, just low key because it's funny because everybody that talks to me, we don't even talk about tag team. We get to talking about life and, and all, all the, all the hustle and all the inspiration and all the motivation. That's what, you know, that's what I bring to the table. So, you know, I, it feels good, of course. Right. But, you know, my father sat me down when Wound There It Is first came out and he said, I'm proud of you. But, you know, don't chase it because this will end. Don't chase that ghost. Don't chase the ghost of fame. You know, because when I was young, I, I watched all my friends have Cadillacs and all the girls and stuff. And I, it just, just burned me up. But, you know, I stayed in school and I did what I was supposed to do. And now I have all the Cadillacs and they're broke. <laughs> right. So I always remembered that. I always remember, especially yeah. how he said it to me, 
you know, but at the time I was like, man, dad, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a rapper. I'm gonna live forever. Right. Make hit record after hit record. And you know, that part of it was uh, a slap in the face because, you know, it doesn't work like that. But, you know, I take full responsibility for all those mistakes I made back in the day and I have corrected them. That's the beauty of life. There are no mistakes. There are no lost opportunities. You can correct all of that. Right. And I didn't realize that I had been doing that my whole life until the pandemic. And, you know, because think about it, there are things in life that we beat ourselves up about. Right. People that we used to mess with, people, things that missed opportunities, mistakes we've made. All these things can be corrected. Just have to do it. And that's what I've done. I used to beat myself up because I taught Mickey Mouse and Minnie Mouse how to rap. We did a record with Disney called Womp There It Went. And that was the beginning of my voiceover career, and I didn't even know it. And I always beat myself up because I'm like, oh, my gosh, I could have been I could have been doing voiceover. But sometimes in life we aren't ready, right? And I wasn't ready. And look at me now. Right, you hear the smooth voice on this microphone <laughs> this week on NBC. Right, oh, there you go. You see what I'm saying? I've been yeah. praying for this for for a minute and didn't even know what I was. Tr- you know, I just did it because I don't give up. And you know, I'm sitting in the office. I think 1996 with the president of New Line Cinema, brand new rec- brand new um, movie company, and my manager and the president went to college together. And he's like, "Yeah, we're thinking about." Putting you got putting you in a um, putting you in this new movie because I wanted you know I thought I wanted to be an actor I was just throwing it out there and um, he was like yeah the we're trying to pick between LL Cool J and Wesley Snipes for this movie called Blade and I was like yeah yeah whatever just call me right and I used to beat myself up about that but then you know because of voiceover I became an actor because my agent wanted me to start acting. And the 2020, I shot two movies. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I, I, all the stuff that I've done. And then I'm about to be on set Monday for a TV show, another a new TV show, right? And just recently, two years ago, I was beating myself up because I missed those opportunities. And it's just like I was not ready. Right. So I vowed that I would not leave this earth, and you know, regretting that I didn't do something regretting that I didn't learn something and I've got five tutors for everything now like I'm in music production again I'm taking music theory I'm you know video I've been video editing but I have I just have so many resources that help me achieve mastery in all these little things that people told me back in the day you know jack of all trades master of none I've become masterful in some of these trades and they all serve me and they've made me who I am today so don't let nobody tell you what you can do and what you can't do. Yeah. You can do anything you want to do. Just have to think different and not quit. Right. That's all. Yeah. It's the perseverance. It's it's and you're completely right. Life either gives you lessons or you know, it's it's all about lessons, you know, and timing. So it's not giving up and yeah. it's it's taking those rejections and it's it's taking them as like wins for yourself for the next time. It's yeah. lesson learning. So yeah, and it's it's and you know you're completely right. If you didn't, if you stopped, what would you be doing today? Yeah, never would know, right? Right. And it's just that's why I've never stopped. And even you know the things that didn't quite go my way that I went to fruition with. Sometimes that happens, but there's always you know you drop a bomb, there's collateral damage. But I call it, you know, if you do something and it didn't quite turn out, but, you know, there are collateral sprinkles, right? There's mm-hmm. a good side of something that you did, too. And you just have to look at that. So everything is for a reason. You learn things about it. And that's kind of one of the things that I've done my whole life is that I am always trying to learn because, you know, when I was a DJ, I wasn't just a DJ. I was your sound guy. I was your light tech. I did your flyers. I did all your graphics. I did your voiceover for your radio commercials. I did your voiceover for your television. I did your television commercials. I edited your your audio for your voiceover. 
I was a fashion photographer. I learned how to retouch. I took pictures of all the girls. I got you in the magazines. I learned how to do all these things and I made myself invaluable. Yeah. Right. Right. And I, I tell that story all the time because you have to be invaluable, not because you're trying to keep a job or you're trying you, you, you want to be invaluable because the more you learn on somebody else's dime, that's you're getting, you're helping yourself and you're getting paid for it. Right. So if you're in a dead end job, it's not a dead end job. What can you do to be invaluable? What extra can you do? See, people think they're in a dead end job, but they're not willing to do the extra just to just to do it. Right. They want to do the bare minimum and get paid more for it. Right. Mm-hmm. Instead of saying, OK, what does this company really do and what can I learn from this company? So could I go? Could I possibly start learning HR? Could I possibly start learning this part of this company? Could I learn every facet of that company? So when you do leave or if you don't or whatever you do, you're more prepared when you left than you would have been if you didn't try to make yourself invaluable. Right. You know, those are the tools that build, you know, when you're a kid, your tool belt. And then when, you know, you get a little older, your toolbox. And now I have a tool shed. Actually, mm-hmm. I got Home Deep. No, Home Deep. <laughs> I got an Ace Hardware. That's what I got. I got an Ace Hardware full of tools to serve me and people come into my tools tools store every day and they're like wow what's that for what's that for and all those tools are you know tactics to help me figure out solutions yeah you know what i'm saying and i have i have tons of them so i don't look at the glass half empty i look at the glass half full always and it just keeps you in a different frame of thinking right now all this is easier said than done, right? But it's how it has to be if you're going to success. You know, you're going to succeed in what you want to do. If you want to live your dreams and live your life and get the things that you think you deserve, so. So I'm curious now. Do you do you wake up like happy? Like, I mean, do you wake up and just ready to you know take on the day, or does it take a little bit for you to uh, kind of get going? <laughs> and I wake up at four o'clock. And can't wait to get over here. Okay. Because right? I know I got I know I got work to do. Right. Nice. I'm doing 15 things at once. Right. Just today, I've done SEO research for my new website. I've done I've, I've taken care of my calendar and set up another 15 podcasts for the summer. Uh, bought air, you know, bought travel tickets and did the logistics for this little tour we're about to go on. Uh, started working on three voiceover, uh, you know, uh, auditions I got due Monday. Um, getting ready to put together my cameo, um, cameo portal because I was cameo for a little while, but I'm gonna jump back on cameo again and then just whatever else the day brings, right? I just yeah. I keep I got a list of things, and if I go in the rabbit hole on something, I'll, I'll look at that list and start the first thing and just finish one thing. Then go to the next thing, finish the next thing, then go to the next thing, finish the next thing. Mm-hmm. By the end of the day, you don't finish that whole list, right? And still want to do more things. So um, I'm working on a uh, schema markup, right? You know, I'm like, now I'm about to get nerdy with you because it's like. <laughs> it's all good. The key, the key to, see, everybody wants to be successful, but the key, one of the keys to my success is being able to be found, Right. You know, that comes from searching. The easiest way to be found is not social media. It's Mm -hmm. search engine optimization, right? Because if I'm putting together a site and I do voiceover, I better be on the first page of voiceover so the world can see me that I do that. I better be on the first page of, you know, automatic dialogue uh, recording. You know what I'm saying? So everybody can know that's what I do. I better be on the first page a tag team, I better be on the first page, I better be on the first page of everything so everybody can see me. And it took me 10 years to learn that. Because back mm-hmm. in the day, 10 years ago, you type in tag team, it was all wrestling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Type in tag team now, it's all yeah. tag team. Yeah. Right? So, I, I, you know, I, it's a moving target. It's difficult, but I learned it. And now I can do my own, I can do my own thing and I can teach it to somebody else. So if I need to outsource it, I have a team, right? But I love, uh, you know, I love the slop. 
You know what I mean? I love getting in there and be like, okay, this is hard. This is going. How can I figure this out? How can I make this more efficient? How can I really take advantage of the power of the internet? Yes. And that's just a fourth of what I do every day, right? Yeah. And you know, to me. Everybody's like, DC, when do you sleep? You got to have balance in your life. You got to have this. You got to have that. It's like, look, I started working. I started as a DJ when I was a kid. Okay. I've always had a job. I've always had money. I've always been a popular DJ. When I got to Atlanta, I worked in one of the greatest, you know, the most, one of the greatest strip clubs in the history of mankind. And I did it for 30 years. I worked in all the club club for 30 years. I've been all over the world. I've been a rock star. I've done it all. What more can I do that will give me balance in my life? Right? What I'm doing now. That's the balance of knowing what other people don't, of understanding who I am, and then talking to everybody about it and helping others get where they want to go just by a conversation. Right? So... People don't know what the hell they're talking about. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I mean, I, I get enough sleep. Everybody thinks, I, you know, I go, to, I go to bed at 10 o'clock, wake up at 4. I get enough sleep. Yeah. I try to eat right. I go work. I go to the gym. I do everything I'm supposed to do. Go to the doctor. Got good health insurance. I keep it moving, right? Yeah. I know how to monitor myself. I know how to, you know, I do my own bookkeeping, right? I do all the things that help me be efficient. Right. And, you know, it's, I think that started. Cause I was, it was, you know, 2000, I was in this real self-help kick. I was just taking in everything. Robert T. Kiyosaki, Anthony Robbins, all of it. Right. And the one thing I got from it, there's only a couple things I got from it. Cause you know, it all starts sounding the same and then it all, it all goes in one ear and out the other. And you just little residual pieces stick into your brain. And some of them residual pieces become habits that can help you. One of the habits is, I started running my life like a corporation. So I just act like DC's a corporation. How am I going to run my business? And I just started and I started CLG Investments Inc. And I wanted to be, you know, I wanted to be in finance and I became a licensed commodities broker. And then I wanted to have a hedge fund and didn't know what a hedge fund was. So I was like, well, let me find a hedge fund manager because I can get all the stars. I can get all the athletes. I can have a lot of money in, in under my control, but I don't know what a hedge fund is. And this is where these tactics come into play. You know, this is where my learn how to learn comes into play. I start calling people. And now you asked me earlier, how does it feel to be, to have a hit record and all that? And it's like, feels like nothing until I want to use it. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And, and so I'm calling hedge fund managers and I'm saying, Hey, you got, I, you know, I need management for my hedge fund. And it's like, well, what's it called? Or who are you? And I'm like, well, I'm DC, the brain supreme attack team. I make a song called Woomp. There it is. And I have a lot of money under management and I need some help. What? Really? Okay, cool. I'm like, can I get a meeting? Yeah, sure. So I got meetings in New York, LA, San Francisco, and Vegas. The first meetings in Vegas. Fly out to Vegas in this big boardroom with all these people. Mind you, I don't know what the hell a hedge fund or how it works or anything. <laughs> and I'm like, we get all the pleasantries. And I'm like, so why should I let you guys manage my hedge fund? And they just, DC, because of this and this and our returns are like this. And we do this and we diversify like this. And we can help you with this and this and that and set this up and boom, boom, boom. And what they don't realize is while they're pitching me, they're teaching me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do that all the time. Yeah, learn about and that's 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 one tactic that I use that has proven to be the the, changed my life in so many ways. And once I figured out what a hedge fund was, I knew it wasn't for me because it's like intellectual gambling. I get too emotional with gambling and trading and all Mm -hmm. that. I can't I can't do it. There's, There's some things that can't be done, but collateral sprinkles are that. 2000, I would watch CNBC and didn't know what the heck they was talking about. 2002, I knew everything they were talking about. That helped me make better financial decisions 
and then just go be conservative about how I invest and set things up to where I don't even see the money coming out of my account and it gets invested and I always got money. And then I look up and I'm like, I got a whole bunch of money. Cause it's right? making it for itself. Yeah. yeah you, just, you just fill little buckets over time and they compound and you, you got a nice chunk of money. And even if you have to take some of that money, it's still doing the same thing. You've set the stage for your money to grow always. Yeah. And you've automated the, the process and you've taken your emotions out of it. Right. Yeah. So that's, that's one thing. And you know, it, there's so many, there's so many tactics that I use to just help me get past obstacles that other people, it would make them quit. And I love, I, I like it. I love the hardest thing you can throw at me because I know everybody else is not going to do it. So you love problem solving. So you're a problem solver, kind of resourceful. So the two, two words are, screen. yeah. You know, think about, it. I'm going to tell you how, I'm, I'm going to tell you how. I think now, right? Mm -hmm. Somebody comes to me with a problem, right? Um, I'm like, why are you telling me the problems? And they're like, well, what? I'm like, what's the solution? They're like, what? Mm -hmm. I'm like, you're telling me all the problems. What's the solution? What do you mean? What's the solution? Yeah. And for me, I look at the I, the solution for me is first thing I do is think of the most fantastical, far fetched, pie in the sky solution, right? And it's just out there, and you tell somebody they would laugh at you, man, you ain't gonna be able to do that, right? But you do that so you can inch your way back to practicality. What's practical now? And you're halfway there mm -hmm. and you've just made yourself a business plan because you've seen the furthest reaches of what you want to do. Your vision is there, but then you've worked your way back inch by inch and you inch, every inch is your business plan and you stop where you can actually do it. And now you have your plan to get to where you want to get to. Smart. People don't think like that. No. People thinking like, right I want now. this and if I don't get it, I, I, I I'm going to try something else. And I'm like, you don't sit there and you plant a seed in the dirt and sit down, cross your legs and say, okay, seed, I need you to grow. Come on, seed, grow, please, please, please like grow. Like right now. <laughs> like now, right now. No. It's like, this seed don't work. I quit. Mm. Now, that's not really how it works, but we know people who do that, right? Take mm -hmm. a class and say, hey, I'm going to take this class and I'm going to be a real estate mogul. And you see them six months, what happened to that class? Well, it wasn't for me. Right. Because yeah. you know that you know what it takes. Yeah. And that's part of my offense. I just I just throw it out there. I throw it in the universe. I don't sit there. It's not a quid pro quo. You don't do this. Therefore, I have to have this. You just do it. Throw it, throw it out there. And what I realized that I've laid so many seeds in my life. That I stand before you now in a forest of opportunity. And I've never imagined it this way, right? And there are so many opportunities in front of me now. Everybody, you know, I tell people what I'm doing. They're like, you know, and then, you know, the traditionalists will say, man, DC, you, you can't possibly do all that. And I'm like, you know what? You're right. I Watch can't me. do it all. But I sure enough can prepare for it all. Yeah. Because you don't know what's going to come at you. And that's the fun is the preparation for all the things that you can foresee and you can see your vision. Right. And that is half the battle, because if somebody comes to you with an opportunity and you've prepared a little bit for it, at least you're not blindsided by it. And you can at least attempt to have a you know, you can at least to attempt to give a good faith effort to try to make that thing happen for you and take advantage of that opportunity. And. That's what happens. I, you know, there are things everybody's like, why are you doing that? Why? You need to concentrate on one thing. It's like, no, I don't. I've spent a lifetime hearing everybody tell me I need to concentrate on one thing. And if I concentrate on one thing, I wouldn't be sitting here with, you know, with the best year of my life with a Geico commercial that is going to go down as one of the greatest commercials in the history of television. And I'm not saying that. That's what everybody keeps telling me. And I'm like, yeah. You're Right. But everybody keeps telling me that. So I'm not going to 
I'm not going to rain on their parade because that commercial has brought so many people joy. And they love that commercial. We're going to win awards for that commercial. That commercial is not going anywhere. And I wouldn't change nothing because if it ended now, tag team started strong, tag team ended strong. Right. And, yeah. you know, people don't even know, you know, the, the, the music industry side doesn't even know I act and do voiceover and the voiceover acting side doesn't know I'm whoop. There it is. I get everything on the strength. I earn everything. People see me because of my work ethic. That's another tactic, right? You let people see you hustle, right? If I wanna, if I wanna get in front of casting directors on Facebook, I don't, you know, hey, I'm a, I'm an actor. Put me on, right? I do things to let them see me hustle, and get in front of them. They're like, hey, who's that? Hey, I like that. No, oh, okay. You know, I throw things out in the universe. I let people see me hustle and it comes back to me. Maybe not now, maybe not later, maybe not ever, but it's been coming back to me lately. Yeah. There's three things. There's three things I would love to talk to you about today. Yeah. Because I'm under a non-disclosure agreement. Mm. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. That's what, that's, that's when like, you're going to see things in the next couple of years. You're going to be like, I remember talking to him on a Saturday morning. He told me, <laughs> "Hey, no. it, is what it is, you know." I, I, I know. I and, know. And so when, so if somebody tell talk to me about balance and I need this and I need that, I'm like, you don't even understand who you're talking to. Well, they don't know. I mean, you know, they only know for themselves and what yeah. they and their limitations. So why are they, you know? Hey, I can only control what I do. Right. right. I can't control what other people do and how they think or what they feel. It's, right. I got enough problems keeping Miss. I'll give this dude to sit on my shoulder, right? I call him. I call him Monsieur Saboteur. <laughs> nice. Monsieur Saboteur. I'm laying in bed. He's like. Like, let me get up and go to the gym. Nah, man, we don't need to go to the gym today, man. Forget that, man. Nah, man, we're going to the gym. Me and Mr. Saboteur having an argument. Man, why we got to go to the gym, man? Man, just, just get up, get dressed. All right, now I'm at the door. Okay, got my keys. About to get in the car. Man, we don't need to go to the gym today, man. What, let's, hey, 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 let's go to Wendy's. Man, quit tripping. We're going to the gym. Sitting in front of the gym. Man, we don't need to go in there. Okay, if we're going to go in, we're only going to do about 10 minutes, okay? Dude, I'm going to work out. And then all of a sudden, poof, Mr. Saboteur is gone. I'm in the gym. I done worked out. I'm sitting in the truck afterward. And the only thing I can say to myself is, damn, I'm glad I went to the gym. Right? Mm -hmm. Do it anyway. Yeah. Fight through it. You yeah, fight yeah. through all that. And it, it, you do it slow. I do it real slow. You said, like, what gets you up? You said, what gets you up in the morning, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Getting up slow. Just getting up, sitting at the edge of the bed. All right. Let's go. Yeah. And jump up, make my coffee, you know what I mean? Get ready, yeah. come over here and grind. Or I'll just jump up and just go walk, just put my gym stuff on and go straight to the gym. Because yeah. once I get there, I know I'm going to have, you know, I know I'm going to do my routine. And because, you know, I'm a little older, I don't have to, I'm not trying to impress anybody in the gym. I do all lightweight, but I just do heavy reps, mm -hmm. right? And I get a good sweat in, the heart rate is up, and... I'm done. You feel great after. I mean, you feel it's great that, after. Yeah, it's, that it's feeling. Oh, for a lot of things in your life. So, if you do fall off, or if you do eat bad, whatever, at least you went to the gym. You know what I mean? Certain things can, you know, you can always get back on uh, eating correct. Because I lost a hundred pounds a couple of years ago, like, because nice. I had to. But I didn't have to, but I just got tired, right? Mm -hmm. And it was getting unhealthy. I'm getting older, and a lot of friends of mine in they you know early 50s having heart attacks i'm like okay i'm not going out like that and <laughs> i saw myself on stage somebody on facebook i mean on stage when my and i had you know back issues and i had to have back surgery and all that and i was just like you know what let me do this and i figured out how to do it mm -hmm. keto and it was hard but then what i did is i restructured i re-engineered food Right. I wasn't eating rice cakes and none of that. I did. I ate everything I wanted to eat. I just did eat no carbs. Mm -hmm. Right. So if it's like, don't eat no carbs, but you can eat everything else in the world. You'd be amazed at how much weight you lose when you don't have no sugar and no carbs in your system. Because 
your source of energy is the fat. It's the fat. Mm-hmm. And now the fat becomes the energy, and then the fat cells open up, and then you just drop weight. I was looking like a Sharpay dog. I had to slow that. <laughs> I really was. It was just I was all skin, and I was just like, oh my god, <laughs> I had surgery and everything. <laughs> That's why I just I was, but I was still working out. So working out, tighten it back up, and then pandemic happened and then i gained like 40 back but now i'm in a lifestyle that if i have to lose weight i'm okay. going to be healthy i know what to do and yeah. i just have to just when i just buckle down because i cook i still cook keto nice i still don't i haven't had pasta i can't remember the last i haven't had pasta in three years mm, so there's, yeah. certain things, there's a couple things that you know will slip through the cracks but all the main stuff like pasta and bread and all that stuff nah i don't need it Cause I use a, I use low carb tortilla for my bread and that's only four grams of carbs. You can have 20 a day when you're on a stringent keto diet. Right. So I find I've re-engineered food. I just make, make little pockets. You know what I mean? I make, I make a, uh, I can make a, you know, gyro quesadilla. I can make a pastrami quesadilla, right? I can still have fried chicken cause I fried in olive oil mm-hmm. and I use a tablespoon of cornstarch, which is only four grams of carbs. And it's just like fried chicken, like those mm-hmm. real good crispy Chinese chicken wings. Yeah. That's what it tastes like. Mm-hmm. That with a salad, do that every day. So you made it work for you. You made it you have you to. creative. You have, you yeah, have because, to. Because you're, everybody's, you're thinking about what you missed instead of saying, okay, what has it in it? What doesn't? Mm-hmm. And you just have to find the best ingredients, right? If I'm trying to make a pizza on a on a low carb tortilla, then I've got to find the best sauce, or just crush up tomatoes and put it on there, and then find the best mozzarella, which is a mix of buffalo mozzarella with Milwaukee, mm-hmm. uh, not me, the Wisconsin uh, mozzarella slices. Yeah. Then you got Italian sausage and pepperoni. Oh, don't you, tell my husband that. <laughs> but then you put it, you put it, and then when you put it in, when it comes out, you have basically a Pizza Hut thin crust pizza. Yeah. And everybody loves those. You grew mm. up on those, right? So you me just hungry. Try to fashion <laughs> the things that helped you. And then, you know, your vegetables, I eat a kale salad pretty much five days a week. And haven't gotten tired of it. Kale, mm. A kale salad with Caesar dressing with pumpkin seeds, sunflower seeds, and uh, just a little raisins, right? And I could eat that all day. I could eat, I eat that or Caesar salads. I switch between. And then I might do some, you know, broccoli, broccoli and cheese because cheese has no carbs in it. Right. Mm, so yeah. as long as you're not eating, you know, regular carbs and your body's kind of in ketosis, you're not going to, you know, you're not going to, you're not going to gain weight. But if you do start to get, gain weight, then you just, you know, kind of portion control yeah. up that you're eating and you just eat regular. But I, I, I've never done without, you know, and it just works. So Good. you have to think different. That's all. That's all I'm trying to say to everybody. Just think yeah. differently. So. Yeah. So, um, a couple more questions that I have for you. One of all them right. is, what, um, what does it mean for you to live a fulfilled life or a life with purpose? I don't even know what that means. <laughs> like to wake up with something to look forward to, like what you do every day. So, what does it mean for you to do that? means everything no okay so it means more it means everything to me because when you ask that question everybody kind of just has one thing right Mm -hmm. but i have a whole bunch of things and because i have a whole bunch of things other things start coming start happening right Mm -hmm. because i mean at, at usually when okay so perfect example usually when you get a Geico commercial. You're on tour forever. But we're in a pandemic. We can't go on tour. So I'm Pepper did theirs 2014. They were on tour till the pandemic. So what am I going to do? You know, I'm everybody's you happy you got a Geico commercial? Yeah, for the first two days, but I knew I had work to do because I had to, I had I knew what I had and I had to make the most of it, right? Mm-hmm. I said, "Well, let me take these lemons, make me a lemonade company, franchise it." sell it for 20 million dollars that's my mindset and i said i want a public let me get a publicist publicist can help me get the word out about my acting and all the other stuff just be proactive and 
have meetings with publicists and they didn't want to they didn't know what to do because they were traumatized by the pandemic right because mm-hmm. they usually take people to new york and they do a junket you know what i mean things like that you know and they were like we just don't want to take your money like that and we don't really have any ideas for it. you know that's kind of extreme and i'm like all right thank you and here's another learn how to learn tactic whenever something like that happens i go join an organization association or a society because organizations are filled with professionals who love their profession and have been doing it 10, 20, 30, 40 years. And their goal is to make their profession better and better, stay innovative on top of it. And I went and joined the public relations society of America of America. Cause I'm going to be my own damn publicist. Don't tell me I'm not, I can't, you can't do nothing. And I, I, I'm not, that's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. And two days in, I'm on this podcast, on this uh, Zoom cast with the CEO of this firm. And everybody's asking questions. I raised my hand and, you know, I know about a little bit about Pierre. I'm ready to do some press releases. And I asked the question, are press releases relevant? And they're like, well, what's it for? I'm like, well, I'm kind of featured in a national Geico commercial called Scoop. There it is. I'm looking at the chat and the chat blows up that can't be him who is that is that him oh my god i love that commercial my kids love that commercial everybody chats just everybody loves that commercial good job on that commercial and the moderator's eyes are getting big and they're like dc we like to welcome dc to the georgia chapter of the society welcome dc and back to his question our press release is relevant and the ceo's like yes especially now because the whole last year every story has been about covid Everything has been about COVID. Everything has been about dysfunction. Everything has been about fighting. Everything has been doom and gloom for a whole year. And here you guys come throwing sprinkles everywhere and ice cream and dancing in DC, your smile. And I was just like, dang, she know about it? Like, everybody's like, that's it. And not only is that it, you want to do, you want to go here for all the publicists that want to help you. You want to go here for all the talk shows. You want to go here for all the journalists. You want to go here for all the podcast people. You want to go here for this. You want to make sure your pitches are like this. You want to do this, this, that, and that. And she gave me the entire breadth of her knowledge in 10 minutes. And I have not looked back and it has opened doors for me. I could have never, ever dreamed of or imagined. And it is the reason that you and I are talking today nice you see what i'm saying yeah because yeah. you know like recently a girl from a uh, high school friend hit me was like we need a quote from you for the class of 2021 and i was like like you're gonna get more in the quote <laughs> right and uh she said just what would you tell yourself what would you what advice would you give yourself in high school your old self and i'm like i told them what i just told you Join an organization because you can join an organization, pick up the phone and start calling everybody. You don't even have to join it. Just call every number on the website, the organization's website, and start talking to people and asking questions. And you can know about that whole profession and how to move forward in two weeks. Mm-hmm. And you still got to put in the work, but at least you know if it's for you or not. And if it's for you, join the organization. Now you're privy to all that organization's resources and all their knowledge and all the people who are veterans that can guide you and make your path easier all by joining an organization. I did that. That's how I got a shows. I, you know, 2016, 2017, everybody's like, I'm like, I want to do, I want to go on tour again. Cause we always do shows, but I want to go on tour again. And they're like, well, DC, you only got one song. Yeah, I know, but still you can, I can put us on the roster so people can know we back doing this. And it's like, well, we don't know. I'm like, all right. Okay. You want to act like that? It's fine. Mm-hmm. And I joined the international entertainment buyers association right yeah and when it comes to concerts you have a hierarchy you have your buyers right then you have your venues which are the stadiums your amphitheaters your you know um any place where they, you could, they can put on a concert then you have your big time promoters which is live nation and Ticketmaster. then you have your mama pops where the people who are the people that are telling me that i only got one song and i'm not worthy to be on their roster then you have the managers then you have me and I go to their convention, 5,000 strong of all these buyers. Me and Chubby Checker are the only black dudes in there. I got a big whoop, there it is, t-shirt on, a billboard, and my pitch is just immaculate. 
and I start networking. I go to people and I say, hey, my name is DC, the Brain Supreme Attack Team. You heard the song, Womb There It Is? Yeah, I heard that song. I love that song. What you guys doing today? Well, we have a clean 90s nostalgic rap show. And I'm just networking. Here's my card. And what happens mm-hmm. is that the thing that if I had to listen to those people that I thought was my weakness ended up being my strength because these are the buyers. These are the head honchos. These are the guys who can say, I want to put you with him. And all I want you to do is wound. There it is for all my hard rock cafes when we do this tour. Right. Yeah. I want to put you in 30 shows for the ice capades just because I want you to do the intermission. Just wound. There it is to make the kids happy. Right. So now I go from five shows a year to 30 all because of my hustle, because I didn't give up and I played offense, right? And that's what I do. And the PR thing just has just opened up doors for me because that it was a it was the Wednesday before the Super Bowl. I dropped the first press release. And that Friday, I'm on the Dan Patrick show. Wow. Right? National sports show and everybody just loving it, seeing tag team. A week and a half later, I'm on Tamron Hall show, ABC Daytime. The whole world's watching me. All because I dropped a press release. Yeah. And then wow. we just, two weeks ago, we were the Grand Marshals, the Talladega 500 NASCAR. I dropped another press release because press releases only work. Well, they work, but people think that if I drop a press release, my company's going to be on their way. No, it don't work like that. Press releases work if you got a good title. And you got a good story. Yeah. And I dropped press release a couple of weeks ago for for the, I didn't want to miss that opportunity. And what I realized that the press release is a Trojan horse for me. And now I get to throw out all my dreams and desires in a press release, and 300 entities picked it up, and now the whole world is reading about me in a press release, saying, "Wait, he does voiceover. He does acting too." Really, he's going to be in this movie and that movie. He's on a TV show. Oh, my God. He just signed with them. Oh, really? Call his agent. Right? Yeah. Because yeah. he throws things out there. So my hustle game and my hustle tactics are bananas. Because <laughs> I don't, I don't care. I, I, I'm, I don't even know how I do it. But I just think solutions. And you got to have control over your emotions as well. Yeah. Right? You can't. You know, separate it. I mean, I've just learned the ability to take any negative emotion, fear, envy, despair, hate, anger, put it in my pocket and use it for fuel. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. yeah. If I got an audition that I got to have done tomorrow and I need to be angry. Well, this works perfect because me and this girl was arguing last week. She pissed me off. So now I'm, I can be there. Right? Mm-hmm. And channel it, channel that. Yeah, yeah, that channel conversation. it. Now, I don't have to be a character or a caricature. Yeah. The character becomes me. Yeah. And it's real, right? And I do that all the time. And, you know, that's what keeps me trying to figure stuff out. If I get stuck on something, it might be something little that's holding me back from doing something. But because I can take something, you know, out and don't keep, you know, take my emotions out of it and not quit, it's going to take me about two, three days to figure it out. But I'm, the, the gratification of figuring it out, I don't care how long it takes. Is exhilarating because you know you didn't quit. That's more exhilarating than the fact that you didn't quit. Yeah. So I'm I'm different. And you know, all I'm trying to do is just talk to people and just tell them the things I wish somebody had told me when I was a young man. Yeah. And maybe I can help somebody out and help somebody avoid some of the pitfalls and some of the things that life throw at you because life don't care. Life's going to throw it, throw it at you. And if you're prepared, it's nothing. If you don't give up, it's nothing. You just keep going because there's a lot of good things that life throw, throws at you too. Right. And yeah. you just have to have that mindset. And if you have that mindset, you will be successful. That's beautiful. Yeah. Right. Yeah. No, I, I agree with that. And yeah, you got to have that mindset and keep mm-hmm. telling yourself that every day. Keep telling yourself that every single day. That's why I do four podcasts every day. <laughs> so you can you tell yourself. To, I have to hold myself accountable. I yeah. can't just sit here and say all the stuff I said right here and then be like, yeah. 
You know what I mean? I can't just yeah. go back in the room and lay down in the bed all day. I can't do that. No. I gotta really be, I gotta be this person, but it helps me, right? It helps yeah. me motivate myself because I see how, you know, I, I can see how I am affecting you. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I can see how you appreciate the fact that we ain't talking about no tag team tour bus, tour bus <laughs> stories. We're talking about life. Right. And that's what it's about. Yeah, and and you know that your customer not your customers, but your listeners are gonna appreciate this too. Oh yeah. Right. So, yeah. you know, hopefully I've answered all your questions and, and yeah. I just wanna thank you for just letting me come on and talk because I learn more from talking than, you know, anything else. And I do it every day and I get better and better and I'm a better person than I was yesterday because we me and you had this conversation. So I appreciate you. Well, you know, DC, I just want to say the same. I want to acknowledge you for for you and for your tenacity and for your showing up and for just everything. You're learn to learn. Mm-hmm. Um, you have I have never had anybody on this show speak so eloquently, not only about yourself and what you do, but about life in general. And you have dropped some serious nuggets and some wisdom and some inspiration. And I am so grateful that you have, um, you know, decided to be on the show. So, yes, my listeners and I have gotten a lot out of this conversation. So I learned a lot. You learned a lot. And I'm so happy that you're here. So thank you so much. It's all good. It's all good. Awesome. All right. Oh, yeah. yeah. And before I go, I forgot. Um sprinkles sprinkles <laughs> love it <laughs> so one actually um where so where can people find you i know you said that you're you're top of the list in in search engines but you know just kind of rattle off where you know my listeners can like reach out type in dc glenn dc the brain supreme tag team Wolf, there is your final. nice awesome all right um, that's the whole point right of course of course yeah. that's yeah, why you found, do what you do yeah exactly so nice it, it's not that difficult all right? great All right. Well, thanks so much. This has been a pleasure. You have a great day. You too. Thank Thank you. you. Bye.